This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. On the show today, we are going to warm up for a run and walk with the folks from Kaiser Permanente. Then we'll talk a little politics with the author of the book I'm reading right now. And we wrap things up with the star of The Perfect Guy in theaters this weekend. Hey, if you're in downtown Atlanta on the 24th of September, don't be surprised by the increased foot traffic during the rush hour. That's because you'll be seeing runners and walkers taking over the streets for the annual Kaiser Permanente Corporate Run Walk. Now, this race steps off at 6.30 near Turner Field, weaving its way through downtown. Now, it's not too late to gather your co-workers and create a team or register for a race number all on your own. I'm joined now by Kaiser Permanente's Executive Medical Director, Dr. Mary Wilson, and Olympian-turned-race director, Jeff Galloway. He woke us all up today in this amazingly neon bright yellow shirt. They're here to talk to us about what is new at this year's Run Walk and why so many companies continue to rely on this event to help their employees get fit. Now, Jeff, uh, this is race this year is going to be a little bit different. You've tweaked it and made some changes. Tell me about that. We've got some great changes this year. First of all, the course. It not only is it ultimately uh, downhill, there are some ups and downs, but it uh, finishes low, at a lower elevation than it starts, so it's uh, an easier course than most 5Ks. But we have a downhill finish, so you, if you're a little tired coming in, you can just sort of coast down. And of course, half of the folks are walkers, so you don't have to run this event, you can walk this event. We have timing for everyone, whether you're walking or running. Uh, so not only can you get an official time, but you can have your friends track you. We even have a, a, an app, a free app, that will allow you to do that. And the course is new. Uh, it's a great tour of the downtown district. We go Capitol Avenue to MLK, and then we uh, do a loop on Mitchell, and then back downhill on Capitol Avenue. So a lot of new things, and of course Kaiser Permanente has uh, supplied us with fireworks for their 30th anniversary in Georgia. It's an exciting time. So. Come out on the 24th. <laughs> and the downhill finish sounds great, Mary. It's a very unique race where really I guess the competition is not runner to runner or walker to walker, but you against yourself to get fit and do well, which I know is very important to your organization. That's correct. What's really unique about the Kaiser Permanente Corporate Run Walk is that it targets companies. So it's individuals can come and they're very welcome. But what we're trying to improve is the health of the workforce of Atlanta. Um, and training together, being um, with your co-workers helps encourage each other as well as yourself to get the work done. When you guys were here last year in Mary that you guys offered some training to help people get ready, a boot camp per se. This is much more than just an event. It's an eight-week get-in-shape program and it uh, does have a boot camp which Mary can talk about but the uh, essence of it is Companies are looking for wellness programs. This is a wellness program in a box provided by Kaiser Permanente, and uh, everybody can thrive as a result of that. That's right. The boot camp is every Saturday morning. It's been very popular. It's in Piedmont Park, 
And participants also get a full month of complimentary workouts at LA Fitness. So our goal is not just to get out there one night, although that's fun and motivating. The goal is to get people started with any kind of exercise that feels good to them in the weeks preceding it, and we hope in the weeks after it. Mary, why has Kaiser Permanente chosen this Run Walk as y'all's signature event? Kaiser Permanente of Georgia provides both health coverage and health care. A lot of people don't realize we're quite unique in that way. So we are, the medical group provides and delivers care and the health plan partners with us to make sure that our members stay healthy. We're one of the most unique health care programs in the country in the sense that we really emphasize prevention. We want people to stay healthy and if they have chronic conditions to live healthy with those conditions. And that's our core value. So this is totally in sync with that. We're trying to get people where they work and where they live to do things that will make them feel good and be healthy. How many companies do we have participating, Jeff, in this year's Run Walk? Over 400 and growing every day, and uh, over 18,000 will be towing the line out there, walking through downtown Atlanta. And you've introduced some new elements to the race as well. I mean, you talked about how the path is different, but you've, you've done even more than that, correct? Well, we have um, a, a, a new media board right in the center of our activity on race site. And by the way, the race site is an amazing uh, spectacle. There are tents, there are avenues within this. It's a village, and it, it reminds me a lot of Olympic Village when I was in the Olympics. Uh, and it also starts under the Olympic rings, being an Olympian. Uh, it's with great pride that we were able to put this together, and people will run under or walk under the Olympic rings right before the finish line. Um, but I think by far the element that we've added that has gained the greatest acceptance and, and joy is the tracking device. Uh, you, there's a chip on your bib number, and this will allow not only for everyone to get their time, but your friends can track you and know where you are and uh, see your progress along the course. That's exciting. For our audience who might not be as familiar, let's educate them just a little bit, Jeff, about your Olympic experience. Well, I was uh, a, a fat kid when I started here in Atlanta uh, in eighth grade. And I worked hard for 14 years and unexpectedly qualified as the only Georgian in 1972 in the Munich Olympics. And it totally changed my life in every, every way you can imagine. Uh, I started as a teacher, but I wanted to teach adults and kids and anyone who would listen how to get in shape and how to transform their brain as well as their body by fitness. And as a result of that uh, experience in Munich and seeing what was done over in Europe, I got some ideas and brought them back here to Atlanta and have enjoyed at our Fidipity store putting on these events now for over 40 years. And you've got a life goal, I see. I, I saw a copy of your new book. You're going to run till you're 100, is that? Well, that's my goal right now. And then after that, I'll have to write a sequel, Running After 100. <laughs> Can you 
give us an idea, create, paint a picture for us of, you know, this is going to be the 30th anniversary that you mm-hmm. guys have done this, but paint the picture of what it's going to be like outside Turner Field the morning of the race. Well, it's it's going to be the world's largest office party outside Turner Field. M- most companies have their own tents. There's music. There's giveaways. There's a free healthy living expo tent. You know, at Kaiser Permanente, we we exercises medicine that's one of the things we tell patients and one of the things we believe walking is great for you so there will be lots of there's certified fitness instructors lots of opportunities for people to to get active with others and reap the benefits of what that's going to do for their bodies and their minds what recommendations we've talked a little bit about the boot camp to help people get ready but other guidance that you might have for participants to make sure that they don't get hurt the day of the walk. Right. You want to do a, you want to start do some stretching and some slow walking before you get started for a few minutes. Um, probably 20 or 30 minutes if you can before you start and um, warm up and that'll keep your muscles warm for the exercise. And let's talk a little bit more. We all see the runners and I and, and Jeff you're just amazing and you're going to run forever and then write about running beyond forever. But for folks who at least, you know, wear the Fitbit and they're walking every day, mm-hmm. trying to count those 10,000 steps. Right. That's that's good, too. That's healthy, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Walking, you don't have to be an Olympic runner or um, to get the health benefits of walking. When I say walking is medicine, that's really evidence-based. So walking helps your body. And even if, even if you have um, aches and pains and joints and stomach issues, all those things that bother you, walking actually helps those things. The other big thing about walking is it improves your mood. And it's a, there's a lot of evidence that it will help you when you're feeling blue or down. Ironically, the last thing you want to do when you feel that way is go outside and take a walk, but it's the one thing you really should do. And the seasons are about to change. We've got about two more weeks of, of summer left, and the temps are getting a little bit cooler. The humidity is dropping a little bit, making it, Jeff, a lot more comfortable to get outside mm-hmm. just for that half hour a day or even, right? Well, traditionally, this time of year, we start to get those first vestiges of fall in the evening, and that's what we have experienced over the years, this being our 33rd year that we've put this event on, and it's just a fabulous tradition for downtown Atlanta but by the time we have our event on the 24th there's usually a nice cool breeze in the evening so it's a very comfortable walk through the really beautiful parts of downtown Atlanta. A growing number of companies working to encourage their employees to to get fit to adopt a healthier lifestyle and for many Atlanta-based companies this event is really the cornerstone Mm -hmm. of their wellness program. What are some of the other ways, Mary, that Kaiser is helping its employees and its employer groups to thrive? Well, we help, we actually help employer groups develop workplace wellness programs, um, and we do that with every, every group that we contract with. We also, at Kaiser Permanente, offer free exercise and wellness classes. We have yoga, we have the art of healthy cooking, um, and we have programs at several metro Atlantic medical centers. And the classes are also open to the public, not just to um, our members. So to register for a class, you visit kp.org slash healthy living and take a look at what we have to offer and take advantage of it. Jeff, is it too late for an organization to sign up and get involved and to bring a company team in for the run walk? Absolutely not. You can still register and just go to kpcorporaterunwalk.com. What do you get out of pulling this together with your friends at Kaiser Permanente? It's got to be exciting to see 36,000 pairs of feet out there on every that morning. I have worked with over a dozen 
healthcare providers, insurance uh, groups throughout my career, and I've not found any group that gets it as Kaiser Permanente does. They understand that prevention through exercise and other behavior patterns is the key to a quality of life that you don't get if you don't uh, get active and move your feet. And so working together as a team to bring it literally Atlanta to its feet has been very gratifying. And every year at the event, uh, at, at our uh, Kaiser Permanente event, you have a, a way, I have a wave of people that come up and say, you know, the only reason I came out here originally is my boss told me that I'd better do it. <laughs> but because of this, I've been able to, and they just, everybody just has all these wonderful things that got turned on in their brain, and as mm-hmm. a result, their life is totally improved. Dr. Mary Wilson, that's got to be a rewarding thing for you and your team to see also. Oh, it is. You know, it's not easy to make behavior changes and life changes, and we know that. So, and we also know that the more support you get from the people around you and from your environment, the more likely you are to succeed in your goals. So part of being available at the workplace is to allow people to to connect with others around the same health goals and it's it's very very helpful to people as a runner myself and many physicians are runners uh, we try to model what we talk about and we know it's hard Um, and sometimes we don't run sometimes we walk but we do know it's important to get out and do that and we want that for the people we take care of because we want everybody like Jeff says to live to be a hundred and the way you do that is the you, you have the best shot at doing that by taking good care of yourself All right, everyone, it is the Kaiser Permanente Corporate Run Walk, September 24th, Turner Field. There is still time to register a team online until September 21st at noon. Just visit kpcorporaterunwalk.com. You know, you don't have to put the W's in there anymore. (laughs) Dr. Mary Wilson and Olympian-turned-race director Jeff Galloway, thanks so much for dropping And now we say hello to Joy Ann Reed. She's a national correspondent on MSNBC, and she's the author of the book that came out this week, Fracture, Barack Obama, the Clintons, and the Racial Divide. Well, um, Conda, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I really felt like I wanted to examine the country's present racial condition and and the state of our conversation. And when I thought about doing that, I thought, you know, maybe I'll write a book about Republicans and kind of the moment they're having post-Barack Obama. But then I figured I should really start with the party I grew up in. Um, I should start with the Democrats, not only because that is the home of most African Americans and really most non-white American voters are in the Democratic Party, but also because the Democratic Party is having this turmoil and has been having this out for 50 years and still hasn't quite gotten it right. But that is like a microcosm of what the country needs to do, what the Democrats are attempting to do. So the book is Fracture, Barack Obama, the Clintons and the Racial Divide. Joy, one of the key debates this summer and a lot this year, ever since Ferguson happened, has been the whole Black Lives Matter. I think I saw something on Facebook the other day that said black folks know that all lives matter and black lives matter. Also, there's just a reason why we need to have this national conversation at this time, don't you think? Yeah, and it's interesting because Black Lives Matter could have been um, picked up and taken into almost any moment in American history down that 
through slavery. Um, you know, when the country was founded, it was founded on the principle that black lives did not matter, expressly so in the Constitution. Um, after um, the Civil War, you had African Americans aspiring to really fully join society and were being brushed back and had to assert that, wait a minute, black lives matter. There's an unspoken two at the end of that, that black lives matter too. And so whether you're talking about the era when you had a substantial number of lynchings in the country, um, particularly after the World Wars, they were saying black lives matter too. When you got to the 1950s and 60s, where African Americans couldn't even sit down and have a meal without having to go around to the back of a restaurant and take it home, they were saying black lives matter too. Um, the King movement, the, the, the SNCC movements of the 1960s were about saying, wait a minute, black lives matter too. Um, and all of the um, conflagrations we've had around policing incidents, most of the riots of the 1960s were about a police-related killing, and they were saying Black Lives Matter. So I think it's no different, um, and I think it's no less potent than those previous movements. Joy, many have argued that the state of race relations in the United States right now is such that race relations seem to have regressed somewhat with President Obama's election. Would you argue that that's fair? I think it is fair to say that there has been a tremendous backlash against um, the Obama era. And it's interesting because a producer um, that I work with at, um, at 30 Rock and MSNBC put it really well and said that if you think about um, Reconstruction, Reconstruction was this golden age, um, very brief golden age after the Civil War, where you had African Americans getting elected to even to Congress and even to the United States Senate from Mississippi, of all places. And there was an immediate backlash against that that was vicious and fierce, and it's where you got the Ku Klux Klan. It's where you got really angry recrimination against um, Reconstruction itself and the idea that these uh, former slaves were trying to assert themselves and make themselves the equal um, of white Americans. Well, we had this kind of second Reconstruction in the 60s, and I would argue almost had a third Reconstruction um, in the more recent era where you were able to actually get an African-American president, in part because the previous president was a Republican who was not successful and the country you just wanted something else, but also because I think it felt good to a lot of the country to take this step. But then you did have a backlash, and the backlash began the moment that Barack Obama went from being an incidentally black uh, person who occupied the White House to being a black person, <laughs> overtly so, who was saying things about Henry Louis Gates and making comments about Trayvon Martin. And the backlash has been ferocious. Um, it hasn't been obviously the same as these previous ones. But it has been real, and I think we have to deal with it as a country. It's a real thing. Do you think it'll be interesting to hear what President Obama has to say about race post his presidency? Yeah, I used to say that the book I want to read is Barack Obama's second book after he gets out of the White House. Because, right, you have to do the, polit the politic first one where you kind of walk through your decisions you made. and It has to be kind of tame. But that the second one, he might just go completely off and just say what is on his mind. But now that we're seeing um, President Obama really open up on issues of race and really become a lot more frank and forthright while he's still president, now I think the first book might actually contain some of that. I think this is a president who's had a, an arc, and I think that he has changed in the White House. Um, he would probably argue that he hasn't changed at all. He's just not dealing with so many other things on his plate, um, like an economy that was in free fall when he first came in. But I think that it's arguable that it, he has changed, and that on racial issues he's a lot more frank and forthright. So I look forward to hearing what he has to say when he gets out of office. One of the other things that your book, Fracture, examines is the relationship, tenuous at best, between the president and the Clintons. What did you learn in that research? Um, I learned that 
the relationship particularly with Bill Clinton was very difficult. And the irony is that these two men were very similar, um, including in the way that they approached the issue of race and racial reconciliation. Their language was almost the same um, in their sort of um, entreaties to black America about the way that you need to comport yourself um, in order to, you know, pay back the debt of the civil rights movement. You had Clinton saying in the early 90s, Dr. King didn't die so that people could, so that kids could, black kids could rob each other for their sneakers. You had Barack Obama uh, in the 2000s um, saying that, you know, black parents need to turn off the TV and make sure that Junebug gets to the polls. So you had very similar language and attitudes, and they also had similar goals, the ideas of universal health care, a lot of the things they wanted to do with the economy. And because, you know, you, you pull from the previous president of your own party, they had similar advisors, too. So policy-wise, they were very similar. And I think that Bill Clinton, if he was divorced from what happened in 2008 and the personal enmity between them, would see Barack Obama as everything he would have wanted his legacy to be. But they just couldn't get there because of that personal breakdown that directly had to do with race and the Clintons believing that the Obama campaign used race against them when they felt that they had earned the um, loyalty and they had earned the benefit of the doubt from black people. Last question, Joy Reid. As we look ahead, it's after Labor Day, the fall campaign really gets started in earnest for 2016. You've got the vice president who is considering maybe a run. You've got the former secretary of state who is definitely running but struggling a little bit right now and the president of the United States. What's going to happen? Well, I think one of the most fascinating questions in politics right now is it, Presuming Hillary Clinton becomes a nominee, and I still think you have to assume she will be because she is still the front runner, will she run as the president who brings forward the legacy of the Clinton era or the Obama era? That's a choice that she needs to make and that she needs to make pretty soon, whether her embrace is going to be more of Clintonism or Obamaism. And that's going to be a fascinating question. Hillary Clinton will inherit the support of most African-American voters. The question is, will she inherit the passion? Because the passion is what took Barack Obama from being an unlikely United States senator running for um, a very hard-to-attain White House to being the man who could win. And so it'll be, and get reelected. So it'll be really interesting to see if she inherits the passion. The book is Fracture, Barack Obama, The Clintons, and The Racial Divide. The author is Joy Ann Reed, national correspondent at MSNBC. Joy, look forward to seeing you next time you are in Atlanta. Please call. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Condit. Have a great day. In theaters this weekend is The Perfect Guy. It's a thriller starring Sanaa Lathan, Michael Ely, and Morris Chestnut. And if you've seen the billboards, you might think it's a black film. No, it's a thriller and a very good one. And we're joined by the star. And we're joined by the star, Sanaa Lathan. What was more difficult, acting in the movie or serving as one of the executive producers of the film? You know, they both were different in different ways. Um, the movie came to me as an idea uh, three or four years ago, and I helped shape the, you know, the, the vision and uh, the script and putting the team together. And it was fun because I was passionate about the project, and I got to work with some great people. Michael Ely is also a producer on it, so it was great to collaborate on that level. It, it's kind of a natural next step for me. I've been doing this for so long. So now tell us a little bit about this character, because there's a pivot point. You show your strength. It's a great kind of metaphor for life. You know, sometimes nobody can save you but yourself, and that's what I loved about this. Yes, it's a thriller. There's, there's 
familiar themes in it, um, but there is a twist at the end where she kind of has to really kind of come to terms with, okay, you know what, the only way I can get out of this is myself, so through myself, and I loved that. I'm excited for people to see it. Set the story for us. Give us a little taste of what the film is about. I play, yeah, Leah Vaughn. She's a successful lobbyist, and, you know, like so many people I know, she wants it all. She wants the career and the family, and she happens to be dating Dave, played by Morris Chestnut. She wants to go to the next level with him, and he's not ready, and so they they go their separate ways, and she meets Carter, played by Michael Ely, and he's charming, he's sexy, they go on a whirlwind romance, and she thinks he's the perfect guy. And then something happens, it's kind of a deal breaker for her, and then her journey, the roller coaster starts from there, because it's not so easy to get away from him that she, then she, as she thought, just put it that way. And men and women will be able to identify this. I think we've all had those situations where you might want to get move on and another person doesn't want to move on. Obviously not to the degree that Leah does. <laughs> the Perfect Guy starring Yusin Alathan, Michael Ely, Morris Chestnut. It's I, I can't wait to get into the theater and see it. I've seen the bits and pieces from a couple of screeners mm, but... Uh, I love it. I, I, that, I mean, the, the buzz around the trailer is amazing. I couldn't have asked for anything more. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.